This Manage Smarter episode is brought to you by SalesFuel's Coach Feed, your AI-powered assistant sales coach. Improve your salespeople with automated regular coaching in just two minutes a day with CoachFeed. For more information, visit CoachFeed.com. Welcome to the Manage Smarter Podcast with hosts C. Lee Smith and Audrey Strong. We're glad you're here for discussions on new ways to manage smarter, hire, develop, and retain talent, improve results, and propel team performance to new heights. This is the Manage Smarter Podcast. Lee, our guest today had more than 30 years of marine leadership and has his own consulting company, Connolly Consulting. What a background this gentleman has and his view of leadership and definition of it, a little bit different from what we've heard before. I'm anxious to talk to him. As am I. I'll be very curious to hear from him. Welcome to Manage Smarter, everyone. We're so pleased that you're here. Subscribe, uh, rate, and review, and tell a friend. Share this with a colleague. Uh, I'm Audrey Strong. I'm the Vice President of Communications here at SalesFuel. And I'm C. Lee Smith, the President and CEO of SalesFuel. Today's guest, Tom Connolly, an experienced leader, strategist, and change agent. Oh, yeah. With proven, proven performance building, uh, leading, and fixing organizations by creating a culture of performance. He should know, like I said, 30 years in the Marines led organizations from 50 people to 3,500. Budgets up to $2.8 billion. Tom served as a director for two defense companies before he founded Connolly Consulting, where he helps leaders improve their success professionally, personally, spiritually, and physically. And if he wasn't busy enough, he also wrote a book, guys. It's on Amazon, Becoming a Leader, a Roadmap for My Daughter and the Aspiring Leader. Welcome, Tom. Thanks for spending some of your time with us today. Audrey, thank you so much, Lee. It's great to see you. Thanks for uh, thanks for having me on uh, Manage Smarter. I'm looking forward to these conversations. Sounds like fun. Well, let's have fun. So, your definition of leadership. I know you've spelled this out on your website and, and in some of your videos, but go ahead and give it to us succinctly. Well, leadership is an apprentice vocation, um, best learned uh, through uh, from a master. And uh, it's, it is a commitment to a lifelong endeavor of uh, study, action, reflection, and refinement with the whole purpose of inspiring people to achieve and to transcend to something greater than themselves. That's right. I don't think we've ever heard anybody take all the elements of self-awareness and looking inward and then pushing that outward into other people to put all those moving parts together before? Well, the, uh, you know, you start to, you got to, when you start uh, thinking about what is your purpose as a leader, mm-hmm. um, it, it can't be about yourself or you're leading no one. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you obviously have to look outside of yourself and uh, but you have to know what you believe. You have to know what your foundation is. Um, you know, the, the idea of not just being competent as a, uh, in your technology or your industry, but also being competent as a leader, um, those, are, those are two great challenges. If you're going to lead, you have to commit to it. You have to say, this is what I'm going to do. And then you have to say, why am I doing it? Um, and understand your why. And then you got to understand your people's why. Why are they going to follow you? Mm-hmm. Uh, what, what am I going to do that, that's, that's going to cause them to want to accomplish the mission, whatever that mission is? And so, so I think that without 
looking at what, what the, uh, the end state is, um, you're not going to move very far. You know, I see a common mistake that either managers or leaders make is that they want to be liked so much that they, they become wishy-washy. And it seems like, and when you're wishy-washy, you don't really take a stand as far as what you believe and what your personal philosophies are as far as how the job is to be done or you know, how people should be treated or something like that. Is that something that you see too? Well, it's, real, it's, a common, it's a common mistake, especially for leaders starting out. But it can also become a common mistake for very senior leaders or CEOs. Um, it's real easy to read your own press and believe it, right? Um, so, uh, so I actually address this a little bit in my book, and I, I talk about firm, fair, and friendly as optional. Um, it, it's uh, something that my brother said once upon a time, and I said, well, that's pretty good. But if you think about it, especially for a young leader who, who can easily be swayed by the idea of being popular, especially when you're trying to lead people who may be older than you, more experienced than you, um, you know, the idea is, is know what you believe. Stand firm on, your, on what your uh, beliefs are and what your understanding of the mission is, but be firm. And, and then, uh, and then be fair. Your people want to know where you are starting from. What's your rational decision-making model? They don't, they don't want wishy-washy. They want to know who you are and where, what you're, what you're about. So be firm and always be fair in dealing with your people. Friendly comes along after that. Um, it doesn't mean don't be friendly, um, but it, but it means that don't seek popularity. Seek to do the right thing. Seek to bring your people along. If you care about your people, they will go the long road for you. I mean, that's why I have a section of my book called Go the Extra Mile. That's what that's all about. Think about your, how do I, how do I inspire my people? All you got to do is care. You just have to care. Mm -hmm. Demonstrate that you care. Help them get better. Raise the organization up. Show them, you know, a, a little compassion. Um, it, it's not hard, uh, but you do, it does have to start with that. And, uh, and then you can be firm because they know where you're from. They'll trust you. And, uh, and, and then you, the friendly part comes along uh, rather easily. Let's take on that topic of, of the apprentice and the master then. How, how would you best advise someone young, perhaps, or somebody new on how to be a good apprentice? Oh, I, I think, uh, I don't think it's a, you have to approach it from a, a formalized idea. I think the fundamental idea of the apprentice is that you're always learning. At every, understanding that at every level of leadership, there are new challenges. If you go from being the vice president of something to becoming the president, there are new responsibilities and new challenges with that. You are now an apprentice in that job. Now, you're the top of the heap. Who do I look to? Um, mentors, other people that have done it. Um, but you're always learning, and you should be learning at every level. At the very beginning, at the start, that's not hard um, because there are all kinds of people around you who have done what you've done and achieved what you're, you're wanting to do. Um, you can, you can uh, approach them in a more formal fashion, or you can just say, I want to be like that person, you know, and start taking notes. Um, but, but it is helpful always to have three people in your life. Okay. Always have somebody that, 
that is your that is the master, the one the, the one or two or five or twenty that you're looking at and going, I want to be like that, and then that to be able to engage with them at, to some degree. I mean, truly, the apprenticeship has some relationship, uh, some bond of fami- familiarity. Um, you can ask questions and, and seek guidance. Maybe that's your boss. Maybe it's somebody from a different company. Uh, maybe it's your dad um, or your mom. But, uh, but you have this ability to, uh, to ask the questions um, that maybe, maybe it's not your boss because you don't want your boss to know you don't know that um, or, mm-hmm. or you're afraid mm-hmm. that that's going to be a, a silly question. Uh, but there are plenty of ways to do it. Um, but that's the first step. So you have somebody to look up to. You always have a peer that you can, that you can speak with. Um, someone that will hold, you know, that will tell you when you're off base, when you're running down the wrong road, chasing the, chasing the rabbit down the hole, um, or you're, or you're going to make a dumb decision. And then, uh, and then there's always the person that works for you or the person that, that wants to be what you are. And, uh, and they are the people that hold you accountable. They're the people that, uh, that are going to ask you the hard questions that are going to, they're going to say, Hey boss, didn't you say, and then you have to think about, oh, yeah, I did. I did. Yeah. Kids that. are really good at that um, too. Yeah. yeah, yeah absolutely. Hey, le- 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 you know, no leadership, start- hey, leadership starts in the home. <laughs> right. um, you know, it really does. Um, I- I've said it a thousand times, you know, um, when my, when my children were born, I became a better leader um, for a variety of reasons. Mm-hmm. You know, one, you have to learn love. You learn love. Um, all of a sudden, there's this, there, there's this commitment there that before it was a conscious commitment. This is just, you know, love felt, is an over, overwhelming commitment, right? Yeah, and the kids are pretty much a holy shit moment. It's like, <laughs> it's like oh, yeah. oh my God, hey. what am I going to do? Hey, absolutely. Absolutely right. But I... Uh, but I've said it many times. I mean, my son and my daughter are, you know, they made me uh, a much, they made me a better leader. I thought I knew something, but when my kids were born, uh, I realized that you, you live the example every day. So what's important is to put the two things together that you, you just said, because there's a, you have to balance then having a firm belief you know, in your philosophy and, and what you believe to be true and right. At the same point in time, being a good apprentice, always be learning. So you have to be able to suspend judgment to some extent then to be able to change your mind as you learn new information or new ways of doing things. Absolutely. But, you know, I don't think your people will ever, will, would ever call you on that. Um, because the, the context is always important. And that's why it's important to communicate with your family or your people, whoever it is. I learned this today, right? I mean, one of my principles in my book is teach something or learn something every day, teach something every day. Because when you're doing that, you're always, you're always bringing your people along and you're updating them on what you know and what the context of the situation is. And you look at your you know, you look at your people and you go, this has changed. This has changed. And so this is why this has changed. And, and most, and I've never seen a time, you know, they can grumble, but they go, you know what? Okay, I get it. I know why you're doing it. Mm-hmm. One of the words that keeps popping out at me on the screen that I'm looking at right now is refinement. So I'm an apprentice, 
and I've, you said this could take your whole career, so all right, and I've gotten to a certain point toward becoming a master, and now I'm sort of at the refinement learning stage. Can you give an example of what a, a lesson in refinement would be for somebody who's further down the road and a pretty decent leader, but what is refinement? <laughs> well, so always remember that this is a that this is a cycle that's continuing at every level, right? Oh, okay. So yep. you know, it's not just one long one long process, right? I mean, it, it's a, it's an iterative process. You're going through this at every level. So yes, what's refinement? Refinement is you, you it is the continual. It's kind of what Lee just said, right? You're adapting as you learn more. You're growing. You know what? When I was a lieutenant, I wouldn't have done some of the things you know, that I did if I didn't known what I know as a colonel, right? Mm -hmm. And then, mm -hmm. uh, so, so you're, so whether that's a decision making or that's in how you judge people or that's um, in your, um, uh, in your technical abilities um, and how those things play out, um, you know, dealing with, dealing with, with, with folks, um, that are older with you or more senior than you or more experienced with you is probably the hardest lesson that any young leader has, has to, has to learn. Right. And, uh, and, and so you, and some people do it really well and, you know, they understand how to deal with humor and humility and all those things in one package and, and others it's, it's, it's harder. Um, but they learn it and they refine that ability to communicate better and to use all the talents of, of the human dimension uh, to communicate and to, uh, and to take care of their people and move the mission forward. Um, those are, you know, that idea of uh, refinement uh, is critical because you, you study something, you take an action, and then, then you have to reflect on it. And then that's where you have to say, did I do that right? Or I didn't do that right. That's mm -hmm. where humility comes in. You know, did I make a good decision yesterday? Nah. Then you got to stand in front of your people and say, I didn't make a good decision yesterday. Um, I've done it. Today, yeah. Yeah. You have to do it. You have to do it and you have to be, sh and, and you have to be strong enough to do it. You have to, this is, that refinement, I think it really comes into like my definition of integrity, which is, you know, not just doing what's right when people aren't looking, it's living your highest values. You know, if you're living your highest values and, and you say, I'm, you know, I'm going to be a leader, then that means you have to be willing to, to humble yourself in front of your people without being weak. And that's easy, really. If you're committed to the idea of being a leader, you stand in front of your people and say, I was wrong yesterday. And here's why, and here's what I've learned, and here's mm -hmm. what we're going to do now. Mm -hmm. And, and they go, that. okay, boss, I got that. And, and, but, but, but the 10,000 doubts that you have as that young leader standing in front of those people who you think are going to eat you for lunch because you've never done this before, you know, that's, that's hard. That's hard for a young leader. And so, mm -hmm. you know, that's why you have a master. You know. So, in, in what ways is leading a team of people in the military different than leading a team of people in a civilian role? Well, I would tell you, I don't, I don't think there's, I don't think there's a huge difference. I, I don't think there is at all. I think it's circumstances that make things different. Um, you know, in, 
a huge proportion of your time, in, you know, in the military, um, is uh, is spent preparing for something, right? Doing doing the training, doing the hard gut work to to get ready, uh, uh, whatever your specialty is. Um, and there's a, a tremendous amount of time that's just spent doing mundane tasks, right? This, the same kind of thing, you know, happens in the, in the civilian world. I don't think it's about civilian and military. I think it's about the industry and the occupation that you're in. Do you work at a desk? Are you separated from all your people? Is everybody in a cubicle spread across, you know, 10 acres? Um, you don't see them every day. Um, you Especially don't, nowadays you don't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah right. so, so, so you're all spread out. And so it's not easy, you know, it's easy when you're having a formation of all your Marines three times a day. Um, but I think that the, the, the difference is not so much, you know, military civilian, although I will say there's one critical difference, and that is in the military, you, you have a fundamental uh, baseline culture, okay? Uh, in, the, in the civilian, you know, in, in uh, industry and, you know, in the civilian world, um, that's, that's the, in, that's not a, a subculture inside of the, the culture. That's the entire, you know, world. That's the United States. Your people are coming to you from wherever. And, and they probably aren't getting 10 weeks of enculturation at boot camp or OCS. And so you may have a little broader, uh, set of, set of, um, norms that, you know, people bring to the, to the game. Well, so it really, it really becomes harder, mm -hmm. harder, because you, you don't have anybody starting that process for you in the civilian world. That and makes therefore, sense. Yeah. leadership is even more, more significant, because that first, especially for the first organization, the first organization a young person comes to, whether military or civilian, imprints on them their views of leaders and the organizational culture and how leaders and mission interact and all the, you know, all of those things, all of those things become the first impression and, and they'll carry that with them for a very long time until, you know, until they see the proven right or proven wrong and uh, by leaders and circumstances that arise. And uh, I also tend to think that, you know, uh, like, your jobs are very clearly defined. You know, your MOS your, is very clearly defined, you know, whereas maybe not so much then in the business world. Um, you know, I, I, I would tell you that it's not as different as you think. You know, your MOS, yes, you have an MOS, and that's a technical specialty. But, you know, I, I, I was a recruiter. I worked in manpower, HR. Um, I was a strategic analyst. I worked in wargaming. Uh, I, I ran a strategic vision group. Um, I worked in a IED defeat organization. None of those things have anything to do with artillery. Um, those, those are all, you know, general MOSs that, uh, or occupations that you have to go and fill and you have to learn them. You got to stand on the yellow foot. What I ran the, the, I was the head of enlisted career counseling and performance evaluation for the Marine Corps. Okay. As a captain and a major. And I was like, I didn't know we had a career counseling branch for the, mm. for the enlisted Marines. I mean, <laughs> I was a captain. I didn't even know it. I, I up And it was like, okie dokie, what are we doing here? 
Same thing, you know, same thing was true when I went to recruiting duty. I knew there were recruiters. I didn't want to be one, but guess what? Here you go. You got it. And I got to do enlisted recruiting and officer recruiting and, and recruiting management. And uh, you learn a lot of things about a lot of things. So about sales and all kinds of stuff. So, so what, I, what I'm saying to you is I don't think that the, I, I, don't, I, I think most people who've not been, you know, who've not been in the military uh, for, for very long think that, that all you do is, your, is your, what your MOS is. And, and that's not true, not, not at all. You can't, you can't move an organization forward. I mean, most of my artillerymen were truck drivers as well, and they worked in the supply shed, and they understood uh, ammunition and logistics, and they had to because they had to move. We had, it took everybody to make, make that mission happen. Um, at the same time, you know, I don't, there were a lot of artillerymen doing other things besides artillery. So, so you, so it, I, I don't think it's as big a difference uh, as it might seem. Uh, I think that no matter what you're doing, um, if you're a leader, then you have to learn what it is your people do. You know, you have to start at your desk and work outwards and say, what do we do as an organization? What do my people do every day? What do I, what's my role and how do I bring them along and how do we accomplish the mission? Um, so I, I, I think that that's common. Uh, and I think that if you're, whether you're on, whether you're on the, uh, you know, in the military or, or in the civilian population, um, you're still, uh, you you still have a uh, you you still have to know and seek the things that are going to cause your organization to move forward. Um, I don't think. Wow. I don't think that uh, that you'll that you'll find a successful organization where people don't know how to play shortstop. Um, I'm sorry, I, you baseball metaphors, you know, <laughs> short stops, your best infielder, he can do anything. Right. And your center fielder's the guy with the great arm, you know, mm -hmm. and first baseman, you know, has, you know, has uncanny ability to, you know, to dig a ball out of the dirt. Catcher knows the strategy of the game. Right. Um, there are no specialists in a baseball game, even though every guy has a position. Unless it's the bullpen. <laughs> the only specialist you have is on the mound. That's right. And I say that because that because uh, this goes back to um, to understanding, you know, work life balance and all those things. When the pitcher decides, and he was probably a home run hitter in Little League, you know, because he did everything. That's just the way pitchers are, right? But when he decided to become a pitcher, he committed to it 110 percent, and that's what he has to do because he is the specialist on the field. Everybody else has got to be able to field, hit, run, catch, right? That makes sense. Yeah. You know? Well, that, and, I love all your videos on your website. There's so much, <laughs> so many more nuggets of wisdom from Tom on there. And it is ConnollyConsulting.com. This was a fast 20 minutes, my friend. Holy moly. Uh, wow. Tom Connolly, LinkedIn.com, 24-7 leadership on Facebook, everybody. And Tom, uh, can't thank you enough. A lot of food for thought. Lots of, and I, I'm not going to make the wax on, wax off, small grasshopper. <laughs> Too <apprentice>. late. <laughs> <laughs> I've been watching Cobra Kai on Netflix. What can I say? But 
this this is all very very um, minutia nuanced oriented content and that's why I love it so much because it's almost a step beyond what we've been talking about for the past couple of years does that make sense works for me um, you know some you got to get you got to get down to got to bring your big theory down to mm-hmm. making stuff happen every day. And, uh, and when you're starting to learn that, somebody needs to tell you where to start. And that was the idea of the roadmap. That was the idea of giving my, giving my kids something, some, some place to start. Well, thank you for your time on the show today. We appreciate it, everybody. Go to ConnollyConsulting.com to engage with Tom and uh, have a great rest of the day, sir. Appreciate it. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please rate and recommend on iTunes, Overcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also get more great information at salesfuel.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.